You are listening to the Fantasy Doctors Major League Baseball Podcast, where we use our expertise in the world of sports, as well as medicine, to bring you the most up-to-date injury news and analysis. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the Fantasy Doctors Major League Baseball Podcast. I am Doctor of Physical Therapy Brandon Bowers and joining me once again, as always, Doctor of Physical Therapy Drew Ingles from the state of Michigan. Drew, uh, we're not recording on our on our regular night, but we're able to get this one in here on this nice Sunday evening. How have you been? I've been pretty good. How about yourself? Can't complain. I know we were talking pre-show. Had some some work stuff going on this weekend that uh, that went well, and uh, ready to talk some Major League Baseball injuries. So I'll, I'll let you take the floor here and kick us off with uh, Mike Trout. So Mike Trout, he jammed his uh, wrist sliding to third on August first. Um, he actually stayed in the game. However, he went over three MRI X-rays. They were negative, so diagnosed with a, a right wrist contusion. Uh, they tried a cortisone injection to try to calm it down a little bit. He hasn't returned from the DL. The earliest uh, he could return um, would be around uh, the 23rd, excuse me, 25th to 26th of August. So we're looking at potentially next weekend. Um, I doubt that he would do a rehab uh, assignment, but um, that would be the earliest he would come back. So, you know, maybe a little bit later in the week, just depending on how things are feeling. So right now you got Eric Young Jr. filling in for him in the outfield. You know, Drew, you made you made a good point about potentially the, the rehab start. And as we get to the end of August, a lot of these minor league clubs are wrapping up their season. So the opportunity for some of these rehab starts once we hit the month of September pretty much goes away because uh, the minor league season will have ended. So. It'll be interesting to see kind of how things mm-hmm. progress here with Mike Trout. Staying in California, Pablo Sandoval for the San Francisco Giants sustained a pretty significant hamstring injury. Uh, it did require season-ending surgery, which he had performed on August 7th. The fact that he had surgery indicates that this was a pretty significant tear, either a grade two, which is a partial tear, or a grade three, which is a complete tear, uh, kind of a detachment of the tendon from the bone. So not good news here for Sandoval. Um, given the fact that it's it, it happened here in August, I would presume with the full offseason to rehab, he should be ready to go by the time spring train rolls around. But a tough blow here for the Giants. They were, I mean, they were looking like a potential playoff contender, but then this weekend they decided to go out and get swept by the Reds. Uh, so hmm. we'll see how things shake out in San Francisco. Tommy Pham for the Tampa Bay Rays sustained a broken foot. Uh, this was a foot fracture, and he was placed on the disabled list on August 2nd. The MRI and X-ray showed just a hairline fracture. Uh, so he was only on the DL for a very short time. He was initially in a walking boot, progressed through conservative treatment and rehab, and then he was actually activated from the DL just three days ago on August 16th, and he has resumed game action. In his three games back since he's come off the disabled list, he's currently recorded two hits and nine at-bats. So he's played in all three games since coming off the disabled list and is trying to get his kind of swing back under him and get his feet back under him as well. So good news for Pham and and the Rays, who was was traded from the Cardinals earlier this season uh, down to Tampa Bay. Steven Matz for the New York Mets. The long list of injuries for the New York Mets that never seems to get any shorter. Uh, dealing with a flexor pronator strain, Drew. Yeah, Mats has had a, a you know a long track record of injuries, unfortunately. Uh, but this most most recent one happened July thirty first. He was complaining of 
he, he felt like his arm was dead. And uh, this was against the Nationals. Uh, ended up being diagnosed with a, a forearm flexor, essentially a pronator strain. Uh, and so they, they uh, rehabbed him with a pitch progression. Ultimately, uh, he returned back uh, this past Thursday. He got tagged uh, for, for six runs in two innings. Uh, and then, um, so you got to think the Mets are probably going to shut him down towards the end of the season. Now that they're out of the race for the, the NL East, um, right now, I, th- I think they're keeping Corey Oswalt, uh, in the rotation to make it a six man rotation. Um, so just kind of have to wait and see for the rest of the season for Mats, but in all likelihood, they'll, they'll, they'll try to keep the young arm, um, uh, they're trying probably to salvage his arm for the rest of the season. Yeah, Drew, a lot of these guys dealing with injuries late in the year on guy uh, on teams that are out of contention. There's really no sense medically and for the long-term well-being of these of these players in, in forcing the issue. So mm-hmm. we'll keep an eye on Mats. And again, like Drew mentioned, I, I don't really anticipate we'll, we'll see a whole lot of Mats down the stretch just given the fact that they're out of the race in the NL East. Alex Wood for the Los Angeles Dodgers sustained an adductor strain, uh, a kind of a hip adductor strain or, or, or a groin strain. Uh, he was diagnosed with some groin tightness, and he was on the disabled list for a period of time. He actually got reactivated here recently on August 14th, and he picked up and made the start on the 14th as well, uh, going five innings, giving up one run, one hit, one walk with six strikeouts. Looking at the kind of his his game logs, it looks like he only actually missed one start. Uh, so this is uh, an issue that seems to have been addressed, and and Alex Wood is feeling better. But again, as we see far too often, Drew dealing with these soft tissue injuries and the groin strain. No, no exception to this soft tissue injury category is that these things have a, a chance to recur uh, down the line. So as we're moving down the stretch here for Alex Wood and the Dodgers, keep a close eye. On he's able on how he's able to function, uh, but this certainly could be an issue again. Good news is it seems to be kind of a low grade strain, and he wasn't on the shelf too long, so hopefully that bodes well for Alex Wood. With the defending World Series champions, Drew, we've got a couple of gentlemen we're going to talk about here next. Lance McCullers was diagnosed with some elbow discomfort. What can you tell the listeners about what's been going on with McCullers? Yeah, so this happened. Uh... Mid-July, and and actually this happened, uh, I lied, mid-July he had three tough outings. So you you think maybe, you know, truly maybe a little overusage. He's having a really nice year. Uh, But on August the 4th, uh, when he went out for the, um, uh, around the fourth inning, he was kind of shaking his arm, just didn't feel right, ultimately came out. Uh, We later found out he injured the forearm swinging a bat rather than pitching. So, you know, those three tough outings were probably purely coincidental. Nonetheless, uh, diagnosed with a right forearm strain. Uh, and so the earliest we would see him would probably be around September the 1st. Uh, so right now you've got Brad Peacock and Colin McHugh kind of filling the void for him currently. So, you know, you got the athletics creeping up in that division. So Houston is hoping they can get McCullers back sooner rather than later. You know, Drew, you, you make a good point here in kind of enlightening the listeners with, with the injury actually occurring while batting. Um, and, I mean, that just kind of begs the question. In your opinion, do you like the, the difference in rules from the, from the American League to the National League? Do you stand strongly in one corner versus the other in terms of pitches hitting or just using the DH? I think we talked about it earlier in the year. I like the DH. It's just, you know, 
you take that risk with a with a player who's not used to uh, hitting as so much compared to these everyday hitters, and you throw them in a situation where they're not necessarily comfortable. You know, we don't really see a tremendous amount of injuries during the season where pitchers get injured while batting, but nonetheless, it does happen. Uh, and so I, I would stick with the DH uh, if it was if it was uh, up to me. You know, the other thing, too, not only the batting, but then you put these these pitcher on the base pass where they're not usually having them do a whole, a whole lot of running and you can run, run into some potential issues there. So I'm right there with you and a big fan of the DH. Obviously, we're both fans of, of American League teams. So maybe if we like the National League teams, we might see this a little bit differently. Uh, but I, I'm with you there with with the DH and how it should be universal. George Springer, Springer, excuse me, for the Houston Astros sustained a left thumb sprain. Uh, this injury actually occurred on August 5th, and he was subsequently placed on the disabled list on the 6th of August. He was most recently activated from the disabled list on August 17th. Uh, this definitely uh, was a bullet dodged by the Astros. Drew, we see guys uh, like Mike Trout and uh, other Bryce Harper, I believe, dealt with this as well, where they kind of have that thumb injury and they end up t- tearing that, that UCL in the thumb which usually requires surgery and has these guys on the shelf for six to eight weeks. So mm-hmm. definitely a big bullet dodged by Springer, especially as you mentioned with, with the Astros now fighting with the athletics for the AL West division crown. He's a, he's a kind of a key cog in that lineup that they couldn't have, couldn't afford to lose. Corey Seager for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Again, a guy we've talked about, I believe previously, previously and he actually ended up having hip surgery drew if you could tell the listeners about the procedure that he performed and kind of the return to play timetable that would be fantastic so initially uh injured the elbow in may required tommy john surgery uh and now most recently he had an arthroscopic procedure of the left hip i uh i'm not exactly sure the specifics of the surgery you're assuming maybe some femoroacetabular impingement where that labrum becomes uh, irritated with specific movements of the hip and so that's the likely uh surgery um so that was performed on the 7th of august um that particular rehab shouldn't hinder him from um the start of the season it's the tommy john that's gonna uh, limit him from the start of the season so I would still put his his return to play uh, mid to late May of next season, and I'm not sure exactly if if he was dealing with this this hip issue, um, you know, earlier in the year, and they just waited to to address it later on through the rehab of the Tommy John. So a little bit of is a mystery of of why he's exactly having it uh, this late into the season, but nonetheless, uh, you know, that shouldn't impact his return to play next season. He's a young guy, too, and you, you hate to see anybody go down with injury, let, let alone these young guys that are kind of up and coming. So two pretty major surgeries here for, for Seager that, mm-hmm. again, the beginning of 2019 is, is in jeopardy. On a kind of an off note, Drew, I've got the uh, the Little League Classic on now between the Mets and the Phillies, and they've kind of do, doing some neat things here with the with the broadcast tonight. They have pictures of all the all the players when they come up to the plate of when they were playing on their Little League teams and has fun facts from when they were kids. So I don't know if you've caught any of this tonight, uh, but once we get off the air here, I, I think it's definitely worth checking out. I was definitely watching before. It was pretty cool to watch uh, them play with a small crowd, and you can see the houses in the background. It was It was pretty cool. Have you seen anything recently the past week or two about uh, Big Al? I have seen Big Al. He What does he hit? Just dingers? He just hits dingers. Just hits dingers. <laughs> he was there, on ESPN this morning. 
He was, and I saw there was a picture or a video of him and Reese Hoskins uh, before the game, and, and so it's, it's been pretty neat to follow, um, and they've got a lot of the Little League teams here at the game tonight sitting behind the dugout, I see. Um, and actually, I don't know if I told you this a while back when we recorded our last episode, the Little League team from the suburb that I live actually was working their way through the regional and then got knocked out uh, just mm. a couple games short of going to the Little League World Series. Well, Michigan's got a team uh, in that, so you can root for them. Isn't that gross point that's in it? That's gross point. Yeah. They, I, you know, I think they lost to Idaho the other day. I could be wrong, but they play Hawaii uh, either, I think, tomorrow. All right. Well, we'll have to keep out our eyes out here for, for gross point Michigan in the, in the Little League World Series. Um, we digress. Kelvin Herrera for the Washington Nationals uh, is dealing with rotator cuff impingement. He was placed on the disabled list back on, back on August 8th. Uh, he played catch on August 11th and then went on to pitch a simulated a 15 pitch simulated game on August 18th. The team is optimistic that he'll return hopefully by the end of this week. Again, you kind of have the four muscles of the rotator cuff. Oftentimes you get that super spinatus muscle that's being pinched underneath uh, the acromion kind of at the, the roof of that shoulder joint. So again, the team's looking for him to return late this week. Um, but again, if, if he's not ready, uh, they could hold him back. But look for him to be back late this week to early next week. Drew Joachim Soria for the Milwaukee Brewers strained his quad. Has the team provided any update on his status at this time? Yeah, so he's progressing. Um, he injured the quad on August the 9th. And he is progressing to a light bullpen session. He threw off of uh, flat ground uh, the other day, and that went well. So they're going to go to the mound. Um, so we're looking at probably towards the end of this month, maybe uh, middle of September. So there's your update on Joachim Soria. Trevor Bauer for my Cleveland Indians sustained a right fibula stress fracture. He was struck by a line drive on the ankle on August 11th. And play initially, the team didn't think it, it, it was a fracture, but upon receiving further imaging, it was revealed that he did have a stress fracture. He was DL'd on August 14th, and as of the most recent update the team provided, he was in a walking boot. He is weight-bearing through the walking boot. Uh, he was long-tossing today, August 19th. Um, it's a tough blow for the Indians as we're working our way down the stretch here, trying to wrap up this AL Central as soon as we can. Uh, he actually let, he leads the AL in innings pitch. He's second in strikeouts. He's third in, in ERA. So he had to figure that he was going to be in the Cy Young, Cy Young mix. Um, going forward here, there's really no real way to accelerate this stress fracture healing process. Just uh, immobilize, immobilize the fracture, work his way through rehab, and, and wait for the bone to physically heal. Trevor Bauer doesn't seem to think he's going to be out all that long. He's kind of pegged his return to play timetable as just missing a start or just being out a couple weeks. But, I mean, Drew, I mean, we both know realistically that on, on the short end, we're looking at at least four weeks and, and upwards potentially of eight. Yeah, I mean, even in the middle of six would be perfect. Yeah, I mean, the, the good news, if anything, is the, the Indians have a pretty substantial division lead. So, again, a situation where there's no real need to rush him back. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on Trevor Bauer, and we'll hit on him in our injury review here in a couple weeks and update everyone on his status. Plus, you got those young guys filling in with uh, Bieber and uh, was it Pluko? Yep, th- those are the two. Um, was, do you know what was players weekend? for? Were the players put the be- names on the backs of their jerseys this weekend, or is it this upcoming weekend? Well, I know the the little uh, the game tonight they're doing it, uh, but I hadn't seen anything else you know this weekend. So um, maybe the next? 
because you mentioned Justin Bieber and actually his name on the back of his jersey that he's opted to use is not Justin. Oh. So a nice little clever, I'm not Justin Bieber um, play on words there. Ryan Matson for the Washington Nationals dealing with a lumbar disc herniation. Drew, is, is there an update on his status at this time? Uh, I haven't seen any updates. Uh, you know, he went on DL on, on the 12th of, of August. Uh, so experiencing some back pain, some nerve pain down the legs, numbness tingling. Um, you know, the Nationals back uh, relievers, they're, I mean, it's a mess right now. We already talked about Herrera with, with his shoulder. And then we're going to talk about Sean Doolittle a little later with his toe. Um, and so the guy right now to have, uh, you know, uh, to, to rack up saves on your team is Coda Glover right now. So um, now in regards to, I mean, it varies from, from person to person in regards to this. So physical therapy, uh, maybe an injection will help. Uh, you know, some people will fail the conservative route and, and ultimately have to have surgery. Um, you know, the, the player that comes to mind um, uh if we swing over to sports is Mike Williams for the chargers, uh, uh, Los Angeles chargers. He had uh, lumbar surgery uh, and he's back to playing right now. So, I mean, if it, it varies uh, from, from season ending to out for, you know, a week or two. So we'll just have to kind of keep an eye on, and excuse me, an eye on, on his progress. And we'll kind of probably, we'll probably have to address it next time we talk in, in about two weeks. Andrew, how how do you typically manage a situation like this in physical therapy? Well, we can essentially what we try to do is figure out where we're getting the nerve irritation at. If it's coming from uh, somewhere near the hip, where whether it's coming truly from the back, and just trying to figure out positions that will alleviate that nerve. And then ultimately, once we get that uh, reduction in symptoms, we try to incorporate some of the regular activities that, you know, uh, we were doing prior to uh, the nerve issues. So, I mean, you know, we can do, you know, some repeated movements that can help decrease some of the irritation. We could try some other modalities like mechanical traction. So there's a lot of things that we can try to ultimately reduce the symptoms um, that you're experiencing. Rather, you know, a lot of people will come in and talk about, hey, you know, I got pain in my leg you know, and they don't think it's coming from their back, but more, more than likely it is coming from their back or, or from their hip. So a nice little synopsis there of the physical therapy management of a lumbar disc herniation situation. So hope, I mean, hopefully the conservative route works for Madsen and doesn't require anything further than that, but mm-hmm. the nationals bullpen in shambles uh, and definitely needing some help here down the stretch. Mm. Speaking of the nationals, Drew, Steven Strasburg dealing with a pinched nerve in his neck. Uh, he was DL'd back on the 25th of July, so we're coming up on about a month that he's been on the shelf. He pitched in a simulated game on August 15th, and he previously, in our last episode, we had mentioned that he received a, a scaling block in his neck, an injection to help reduce some of that pain that he was experiencing. Um, and then he threw a bullpen session yesterday. Now, the team hasn't provided any return-to-play timetable for him as of yet, but compared to when we were on the air just a couple weeks ago, he seems to be making good progress as he's thrown that bullpen session and continues to kind of progress in the right direction. Chris Bryant for the Chicago Cubs has dealt with a shoulder injury. Drew, is he back off the DL, or is he still struggling to get that thing right? Yeah, he's still struggling. So, uh, you know, some updates. He's fielding grounders, took some dry cuts, actually took some cuts off the tee. 
So the next step would be to face um, live pitching. Uh, Joe Madden, the manager of the Chicago Cubs, uh, ultimately looks for him to return towards the end of the month of August, if not early September. So good news for the for the Cubs star third baseman. Uh, it's a tight race in the AL Central, or not not the AL Central, the NL Central rather. The, the Cubs only have a three and a half game lead on the Brewers, so. He's definitely going to be of help to that lineup as we work our way down the stretch. And then you got the Cardinals only only four games back as well. So mm-hmm. we'll see how much longer it takes. And as as Drew mentioned, hopefully it's it's sooner rather than later for the Cubs. Aaron Judge, another big name for the New York Yankees, sustained a broken wrist. He had a chip fracture and his owner, Stylo Lloyd Bone, not too long ago. No surgery was required. And initially the team had estimated it was going to take him about three weeks to recover. Well, Three weeks has come and gone, and he's still dealing dealing with a little bit of pain and some issues. He received the cortisone injection on August 14th, and then he began taking dry swings as of August 16th. So we would expect these dry swings eventually move to hitting off a tee and then taking balls in the batting cage and eventually, eventually live batting practice. So it doesn't seem that Aaron Judge is too close. Um and so we'll, we'll keep an eye on him as, as things progress, but the team has not pr- provided a formal update at this time. Seems like our theme of the night, Drew, is Nationals injuries and Astros injuries, and we've got another one here that happened previously for Jose Altuve of the Houston Astros. Yeah, so we were talking about his knee injury um, last episode. He took the field for BP, and he was uh, seen running on a treadmill, running the bases, and actually he was in a rehab start with AAA Fresno. He went one for three. He was hit by a pitch, which I think was unintentional in the elbow, Um, actually just above the elbow. Uh, So he might have one more um, start in AAA on Monday. It depends on what Houston wants to do if they feel like he's ready. And if he feels like he's ready, he might actually join the club Monday, if not Tuesday. So good news for Altuve here, hopefully coming back in the coming days. Sean Doolittle for the Nationals sustained that stress reaction in his in his toe. Uh, on July 10th was the initial injury. MRI on the 30th of July, as we mentioned on our previous episode, did not show any change in status. However, things have improved in the approximately two and a half weeks since then. He threw a bullpen session last week. Again, there's no formal timetable for his return that the team has provided, but steps in the right direction now. He's he's back out on the on the mound uh, and has thrown that bullpen session. So another guy that we're going to keep track of here as we work down the stretch of August and into the month of September. Drew Chris Sales, our last guy for our injury review uh, segment, um, and I, I I believe which you'll hit on here in a little bit. I believe he got healthy, came back off the DL, and then went right back on. What can you tell us about Chris Sale? Yeah, exactly that. So he missed two weeks for shoulder inflammation. He came back for a start, uh, pitched five innings, gave up one hit, struck out 12 batters. He was on a pitch count, so he threw 68 pitches. He was allotted 75, so that's why they took him out a little early. Um, And then ultimately, they put him back on the shelf, retroactive the 15th of, of August. So um, this is just going to be kind of a wait and see and pitch when he's ready. They've got a nice little lead right now on New York. So um, I don't think that they're going to push it per se, but, uh, you know, they want him ready ultimately for playoffs. 
You know, it's just a bummer because you get Chris Sale and Trevor Bauer, two guys who, f- who you figured would be in the, in the Cy Young race here down the stretch, who are both on the disabled list right now. So, as a as opposed to solidifying their case, either one of them for a potential Cy Young, they're both on the shelf and and not able to contribute to their case. Moving on to the quick hit segment of the show, where we detail the the number of disabled list days and stints for each. Uh, or, or the most stints and days uh, for the teams in, in the MLB. We've got the Texas Rangers coming in this season. They've lost 1,390 days to the disabled list, which is absolutely astronomical, and $18.8 million paid out to these guys that are on the disabled list. The most actual stints on the disabled list is also claimed by the Texas Rangers with a tie for the Los Angeles Angels, both having had 24 players this season placed on the DL. As far as the least number of days goes, the Houston Astros are coming in at 502 total days of disabled list time, with the least number of disabled list stints going to the Chicago White Sox, with still only 10 disabled list placements so far this season. So obviously we say this every week, good and bad lists to be on. You look at the Astros, they've stayed relatively healthy and have been able to stay right in the hunt and kind of the thick of things in the AL West. Our Who's Hot and Who's Not segment is up next. Uh, Drew, if you could hit on for the listeners the way uh, each of the divisions is looking uh, and how we expect things to kind of pan out here down the stretch, and then if we can move to our Cole Calhoun segment of whether he's hot or not the past couple of weeks. All right, starting off with the division leaders. uh, The AL is pretty easy. So you've got Boston. They're nine and a half games ahead of New York. You've got Cleveland ahead of... Minnesota, 12 games. Uh, and then you've got out west, you've got Houston, who is uh, a game ahead of Oakland. They're in a series right now, so that could change um, tomorrow. Um, but nonetheless, if we're looking at the wild card, we've got Oakland and uh, New York if the season ended, ended today. Seattle is in the background. They're four and a half games back, um, uh, you know, waiting for that second wild card to to maybe open up. And then if we move to the NL, that's where it becomes slightly confusing. Uh, So we've got the Braves and the Phillies uh, tied atop of the NL East. That could change tonight if the Phillies win. I think they were down 4-0 when I stopped watching. Still 4-0 now. Okay. And then um, in the Central, we've got the Cubs over the the Milwaukee Brewers and the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. And then out west, we've got the D-backs. And then uh, we've got the Colorado Rockies, who are a half game out, and the Diamondbacks, who are two games out. So if the season ended today, the Phillies are the wild card. And then we've got the Milwaukee Brewers tied with the Colorado Rockies. And I'm not sure exactly where the season standings are for those two, but a potential one game play off for the wild card. So you're <laughs> some, making, some, go ahead. Some, uh, a lot of variables to play out towards the end of the season for the NL. Um, things could, things could shake up in the AL. I'm not saying that they won't, but it's definitely a more, uh, it's a clearer picture compared to the NL. 
Yeah, I mean, we always want and strive for to kind of have these nice division races down down the stretch. Obviously, if it's your team, you want them to wrap up the division as soon as they can. But, I mean, if, if you're just a fan of the game of baseball, it just makes it so much more exciting and intriguing when you got teams separated by a game or two headed into the month of September as they kind of work through the last month of the season. Drew, is Cole Calhoun hot or not the past two weeks? He he has actually been hot. Um, if you if we're looking at the past two weeks, uh, he's batting three twenty seven with three home runs, nine ribbies, keeping the strikeouts down, uh, uh, more hits than strikeouts. That was, that's what we're looking for for him. Uh, he did not make the hot 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 list, uh, <laughs> but just to let you know, he's doing better than what he was doing earlier in the season. So uh, who's hot hot? is uh, starting off with Ronald Acuna Jr. Um, over the past week, he's been 520. I think he had, at, at one point, he had eight home runs in eight games, uh, 12 RBIs. Uh, he's just doing amazing things for how young he is. And then staying in the NL East is uh, the outfielder Brandon Nimmo, batting 462 over the past week. He had a 5-for-5 five five, uh, performance with three RBI. And then rounding out the hot list is Mookie Betts, arguably the best player in baseball. He had a nice week batting 520, and he also hit for the cycle. And then if we move to the who's not hot list, we look at shortstop for the Miami Marlins, JT Riddle. He's gone through a cold stretch going six for his last 62. Um, Staying in the NL East is... First baseman, outfielder, Matt Adams for the Washington Nationals. He's two for his last 25. And then we threw in a pitcher. Uh, He actually pitched pretty well his last outing, but I made the list prior to that outing. He was 0 for for 2 in his last three outings with a 11.2 ERA with a 2.2 whip. That was John Lester, pitcher for the Chicago Cubs. There you have it. The division leaders and player leaders are who's hot, who's not segment. With that, it seems like we breezed through the show pretty quickly tonight, Drew. But, I mean, we got down to business and got the job done. So, with that, we're going to wrap up Episode 11 of the Fancy Doctors Major League Baseball Podcast. We will be back joining you again in a little under two weeks. And we'll try and get back on our regular schedule uh, looking at uh, sometime late next week for the next Fantasy Doctors Major League Baseball podcast. We'd like to thank each and every one of you for listening. Uh, Drew, do you have any final thoughts for our listeners this evening? No, I'm just looking forward to checking out this Little League uh, setup for Sunday Night Baseball. 4 nothing Mets over the Phillies, top of the fourth, uh, and the Mets threatening to add more onto their lead. Uh, so, I mean, I just think it's – have they done this before? Is this the first time that they've done this in, in Williamsport? I think they've done it. Uh, I, I thought I heard that this is the fifth year doing it. I, that's what I thought I heard, uh, but I could be wrong. This is the first that I'm aware of it, but uh, it seems pretty cool. Yeah, it seems like a neat atmosphere, a, a neat thing for all those little leaguers there, getting to see potentially some of their their idols as they mm-hmm. grow up, uh, kind of playing where they play. So. Uh, with that, we're going to sign off here again. Make sure you follow all of us on Twitter, the Fantasy Doctors at the Fantasy DRS, myself at BL Bowers 12, Drew at Drew Ingles. Ingles is spelled I N G E L S. Be sure to check out the Fantasy Doctors website at www.thefantasydoctors.com. And as always, be sure to download us 
and review our podcast on iTunes. For Drew Ingalls and the Fantasy Doctors, I am Brandon Bowers, and we will talk to you next time on Episode 12 of the Fantasy Doctors Major League Baseball Podcast.